Welcome back, everyone, to part two of this week's episode of Roman's Empire Podcast. Yes, two parts this week because our lovely Twitter uh, Twitter followers decided to tweet us countless uh, countless Twitter questions this week, and uh, that's fucking fantastic. So why it's not record two episodes? It's we the have one the international time where break. I'm happy to have extra work. You know, yes, you know, we have to do more than yes. what's asked for us. It's when you know we've got a lot of fans that are. It's it's kind of cool how interactive everyone is honestly, and it's been ha- it's yeah. been growing and growing. So, rep ultras, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, let's get into the first yeah, question. And, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Well, I I I just wanted to remind all of our lovely listeners right. that if they did want to hear a recap of the Sheffield United match, uh, they did want to hear our positives and negative section on that match, which actually was very interesting. We had some pretty good banter. Make sure you refer to part one of this of the of this two part uh, episode. So. Um, yeah, anyway, Song, take it away. All right, so the first question. We got at CT Go Wolves. Hopefully, I don't know if they're a fan of the Wolves or maybe Timberwolves. Minnesota Timberwolves, yeah. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> hopefully, he's a Chelsea fan, but <laughs> he asks, the defense, outside of players returning from injury, do you see it improving this season? Zach, what do you think about our defense from our from our in-house center back? <laughs> Yes, yes, and more yes. I think the defense is going to improve. I think we still need to get Rudiger back, um, who's clearly our best central defender. I think pairing him with him and uh, I think pairing him with Christensen is going to be huge for us. Um, you know, they they were very solid last towards the end of last season. Um, but also we got the return of Reese James coming back in. Hopefully, Aspi takes a little seat on the bench for a while, get, clears his head, gets back, gets his focus back, and you know, we can we can have some more depth. I mean, we have arguably two first team defenders out of the side right now. So we're only going to improve. And then we also got to take into consideration and Golo Conte is still out and that's our, even though he's per se. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think the only way from here is up. I think a lot of the negativity that's going around is as much as it is warranted, we do have to remind ourselves the, uh, about the context of this season and the implications of this season. So, I mean, Andres, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think that it's only going to get better. I think Frank is still trying to figure out what our defensive identity is. And once we kind of perfect what he wants and how to apply, whether it's the pressure or a, a higher defensive line, I think the team will just benefit from that. So uh, growing pains, hopefully. And I think that, you know, by the end of, of this calendar year, our, our defense should be sorted. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, how much does it have to do with the players not being completely up to par? Or does it have to do more with Frank's tactics? What do you guys think, Andreas? I think it's a mix of. Or, oh, yeah, <laughs> you can go first, Zach. Go ahead. I mean, I, honestly, I think it's a mix of both. I, I don't think you could point the blame on 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 one individual player or one individual thing. Yeah, Aspie's been poor so far. Yeah, Zuma wasn't that great against United. Yes, we are exposed, but I, I think it's more than just the back four. I think it's the whole team. I I, th- I think that's our issue here. I mentioned it in part one. You know. When our midfield turns the ball over that much in the second half, as we did against Sheffield, we're going to get exposed on the break. And, you know, unfortunately, Sheffield only had two shots on target and scored two goals against us. And you can't really look at that and say, that's the player who's at fault for that goal. You know, on either of those two goals. Yeah, Dave could have done better on the first one. Tamori could have positioned himself better for the second one. Maybe even Zuma as well. But we have to take into consideration that defending 
takes all 11 players on a football pitch. It's not a matter of just a back four or just a back four in that shield of one or two in front of them, depending on what system we play. It's a mix of everything. Frank hasn't necessarily helped us with the tactics. I think uh, he could be more pragmatic at times just to seal out the result and to play it safe. Um, and to be completely honest, I think that's what it's going to take for us to get some sort of confidence and solidity in the back. Why not throw on another center back in the last 10 minutes when you know the other side's going to be pumping balls into the box left and right, um, as opposed to bringing on a young up-and-comer like Billy Gilmore. So, you know, not a knock on Billy Gilmore, but at the same time, the game's about winning. We need to start winning matches. And I think once we do that, the side will gradually start to show us their real identity and we'll start to see full-on confidence from each and every player and the manager as well. So, I mean, Andres, what do you think? Yeah, just quickly, I think that uh, you mentioned it. It's a little bit of both. For example, the defending has to go across all faces. So Mount and Pulisic might be just a little too naive to not get back as much as someone like Pedro and William would to help the defense. On the other end, uh, if, we, if we're pressing too much early, then the guys aren't working as hard to get back and keeping those lines compact. So, yeah, just think it's... It's a trial trial and error. We can't really do anything about one player having a bad performance individually and, and that kind of costing the team. Those are going to happen here and there. But, yeah, it's a little bit of both. All right, let's get into the next question. This one comes from Ron, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Cool, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Deluxe. <laughs> um, always got some great questions from Ron. Always get a bunch of questions from Ron. We don't always include all of them, but we love them, Ron. <laughs> he yeah, says, very true. until Reese James is ready, is there anyone on this team who can play right back? And I know we're all excited about Cho and RLC coming back, but what if it takes the, them time to be ready? What are our backup plans? And honestly, how long are we going to say William is not fit? So three <laughs> questions in one. Andreas, you want to break them down? Yeah, so I'll kind of tackle them real quick. So for the right back position, uh, well – Rudiger has played right back before, and I remember once we deployed Zuma at right back. Probably wouldn't try that as much, but Rudiger for sure has played at right back as a position consistently before, so he could do that. In terms of backup plans to Cho and RLC, going back to the 4-3-3. Like, let's just go back to the 4-3-3, go back to the basics, and, and kind of work from there. And then in the last thing, in terms of Willian, I... I the less I sit, the less I say about William, the better. I that's that's my take on the player nice. now. Zach, what about yeah. you? Zach, I know Zach loves William. Uh, look, William, William looked fit last match. I mean, yes, it's, he's still not a hundred percent, but I think now's the time to start him because I don't want to see Ross Barkley anymore. Uh, I don't think it's a matter of match fitness anymore. I think it's more a matter of him just getting back, you know, into the flow of things and into the routine, right? Like that that daily routine of football. He's been injured for most of the most of the preseason. Obviously, he was with Brazil uh, uh, for the uh, Copa America. So, you know, he hasn't as hasn't had as much time with the squad. I think Frank needs to get him a little bit more up to speed with the tactics, and we're trying to play what we're trying to do to get used to that position. Also, William has to shift his focus as well, which is going to be huge for him because now he's going to start becoming one of the focal points of our attack if he's coming off that left-hand side. He's wearing the number 10 shirt, and he's not wearing it for nothing. That's what I have to say about William. But going back to, to Reese James and, and the right-back question, I think that's awesome that Ron asked that because based on what we saw from Fakayo Tomori, I think that that could possibly be a stopgap 
yes, it's not going to be a, a first team right back. He, we're not going to transform him into some revolutionary right back, but maybe utilizing him similarly to the way that Klopp utilizes Gomez um, in a way that we could put him on the right hand side. He has pace, he has athleticism, he has physicality. Maybe when we play those teams or we're going to be sitting with a deeper defensive block, that might come in handy there. But I mean, would we really sacrifice Dave for Tomori, even though Dave has been playing this poorly? I mean, I mean, we know how much Dave succeeds playing in a deep block. I mean, he's done that most of his career at Chelsea, minus, you know, besides last year. And he's done a pretty damn good job at it. So there are other players. I, I, I'm i pretty sure Rudiger played right back when he was at Roma. So that's a position he's somewhat familiar with as well. We know Jose Mourinho used Zuma as a defensive midfielder, as a right back, and as a center back at times. I mean, there are options in the squad. There are different uh, ways that we can play. Um, but I mean, for me, Reese James, Reese James needs to be that guy. Uh, when he comes back, you know, Frank has to be very, very careful not to put him into the squad too, too fast. He also has to be careful not to expose him too much because I mean, if, if he goes his first two or three games and doesn't show out, uh, that could definitely damage his confidence considering how young he is, but, um, and tons to look forward to guys. And Ron, that's a, that's an awesome question. I'm really glad he brought that up because it seems like right back right now is a major question question mark in the squad as as to who's going to be that first name on the team sheet or, or who's going to be that that first choice right back you know moving towards the end of this season and into next season as well all right let's get to the next question from uh at de todo 68 did i pronounce that correctly you did <laughs> aka papa velasco I, I didn't know if it was d to do or a Dito do. Oh my gosh, you American. I got it right the Where's first time. Where's your culture song? De todo. That, he means, did, he did. that means from everything. There you, you know, go. 68. Dude, I just I just looked it up. Your dad only has 15 followers. I'm a, I'm a he follow. doesn't use Twitter. I'm a follow him. <laughs> get his numbers up. He, he, I just followed him he right only... now. He's at 16. <laughs> he, likes to, he does it for his news. He doesn't uh, socialize on there. He's more of a Facebook guy. Hey, honestly, no matter who it is, Someone appreciates getting a new follower, so there it is. Mr. Papa Velasco, you are officially at 16 followers. Great <laughs> job. Get that ratio up. Uh, so he asks, after winning at Norwich, what happened? Aspie was strong then, debatable. Uh, what happened at home? Why? Why Christensen wasn't dressed? Why wasn't he dressed? How many mistakes? Uh, how many mistakes did Barkley make in the first 15 minutes? Sorry, I gotta tr I gotta translate it from Spanglish to English. Uh, <laughs> it looks like it is more than individual errors. This it smells like a group issue. <laughs> it smell it smell <laughs> as a group issue. I love that. I love it. The phrasing is amazing. But I think you guys got the gist Spot of what he was that. asking. Yeah, I mean, debatable saying Aspie was strong at Norwich, but. Again, he's right. He like, why at, why at home? Why? Well, how come this this shift at home, uh, Andreas? Since this is uh, your blood relative, uh, would you like to answer at first? Answer. Then I was trying to rotate for Christensen not starting. I'm gonna stand him because I think he's been doing great. Still don't get that. Barkley in the first 15 minutes, we called that. Recall that back in part one. I think we said it was five or six total turnovers, and then. We discussed the group versus individual errors. But in terms of Aspilicueta, I mentioned it. I think at Norwich, Pedro played. I'm like, no, no, no. I take that back. He didn't. But we played a 4-3-3 at Norwich. We didn't play a 4-2-3-1. So 
I'm going to stand by it. The 4-3-3 needs to be the way to go. Gives a little bit more protection to that right side by having three central midfielders. But, yeah, I mean, Aspie just needs to kind of watch some tape. He's getting caught out of position. Yeah, he's been, he's been getting rinsed lately. And if you guys want to hear more about that, you could go to part one because I think we spent a solid 20 minutes talking about what the hell is going on with Aspie. But, you know, I, I'm more I'm more concerned about the whole Christensen issue. I mean, he said before the match, I said it in part one also, like he was saying how, how good he felt. You know, this is he's getting a solid run of games out. He's playing well. He feels good physically and mentally. Um, and, and, and the fact that he wasn't included in a squad, yeah, I mean, maybe it was kind of concerning, but something that I just kind of want to put out there, and maybe you guys could give me your two cents on it. Do you think Frank started Zuma with Tomori to see if Zuma could make that step up? I mean, because Tomori obviously earned that, or earned that starting spot on merit, right? Like he, he's, he's been training well. He was Darby's player of the year last season. Frank loves him. I mean, that's no secret to anybody. And we know that Jody Morris loves him as well. So Maybe he started Zuma with Tamori to see, you know, both of these guys are fighting for a third for a for the third choice center back spot. Let's see if Tamori could give him a run for his money. And at the same time, maybe we could also see if Zuma could step up and raise his game to another level. I mean, well, what did you guys think? Do you think there was a little bit of that in there? Andres, go ahead. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know. Awkward I, silence. I, I, I know because I'm trying. I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't know exactly what. There's no what, logic though. What Frank's, I mean, yeah, I don't know what Frank's like decision making process is right now because again, he's new um, in the Premier League. Obviously, he spent one year uh, in the Championship side, so we really don't have a good uh, sample size to kind of exactly. see what kind of what what his pro- thought process is why he's making certain decisions and it i mean uh, and then you know that, that that's that's one side of it that it's it makes me nervous because i'm not sure well how he's doing it but also gives me comfort because he's still learning and really we didn't have any expectations coming into this season so hopefully that you know sorts itself out but andreas i mean i don't know if you have any further thoughts on that i <laughs> That was that was a good sound. I don't think it was an actual phrase, but it was was a very appropriate sound. So I think think all our listeners will know exactly what you're feeling. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Uh, This this next question comes from uh, Parish Pollard. Oh, two appearances in in two episodes. Let's go. In Uh, Tammy-like fashion with the double. (laughs) With the brace, Parish Pollard. So he says, "What was the problem with the equalizer? Was it more?" poor defense or poor tactics slash substitution by Lampard. I kind of give my take. I, did, I really didn't like the sub. And again, this, this kind of goes into what I was just saying about, I don't know what Frank's decision-making is at this point, uh, but that substitution, I believe kind of Andreas hinted at it in the first part that he, he, he uh, Billy got that su- start, you know, off merit. And I think he kind of, Lampard made the decision before the match started that he was going to get him a 20 minute run or something and he didn't he didn't adjust on the fly like I thought he should have but I mean what about specifically the tactics or what, what about the defensive actual like breakdown for that last goal Zach what do you yeah. think or Andreas go first yeah yeah I was gonna say well it all starts with again at this point Aspie's been run to the ground he didn't close down on that cross nearly quickly enough giving the winger the, the space to pull the ball in. Now, in terms of Zuma, that's just shit luck. I mean, is there, that's it. He, he went 
for for the you know try to do the acrobatic clearance, which was the only thing he could do at that point. And and yeah, it was just crappy luck. I think this was one of the plays I mentioned where I thought Fikayo Tomori was kind of not in the right place either, but I can't right now remember specifically where he was on the pitch and what he could have done, but I, I know for a fact that I remember him being kind of like awkwardly placed here as well. Yeah, I think I think Fikayo Tomori got kind of stuck uh, in a situation where, you know, he probably should have stayed a little more central, but he opted to go to the near post. Um, and, and I think he got caught out, and that ball literally split our two center backs. Now, any other year under any other manager, that's unacceptable. Um, but I mean, guys, this squad is young, right? And, uh, and 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 to be fair, Sheffield was up for it as crap as they were. Um, but that sub by Lampard, it was just confusing. And talked about it in part one, and I keep referring to part one because I mean, we did go in on this, but just. Throw on another defender in that situation and just get the win. Do whatever it takes to get those three points. You know, it, it's not a matter of it's not a knock on Billy Gilmore. Like I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. You know, I, I hope we see him again. But I don't want to see a young player come on when we're two one up with eight minutes left in the match, and uh, and the other team's on the front foot. I mean, it's just it's concerning for me. Um, I, th I think Frank will learn from it. I don't think he's naive enough to pull something off like that again. Um, I think I think it's, it's a lot of it has to do with. I think for, I think the thing with Frank is that he has to sort of detach himself emotionally from this squad and from these players specifically in order to be the best coach he can be at Chelsea. And you know what I mean by that is he cares so much about these boys as people as well as footballers, which is fantastic on all accounts, but. Maybe in that situation, his pride and his his pride maybe got the best of him, right? Let's throw on another young Chelsea player. You know, he'll perform for us. We'll win. It'll everything will be great. Roses, butterflies, unicorns, rainbows flying everywhere. Things will be great. No, I mean it actually turned out to be the complete opposite. Billy Gilmore didn't look like a crap player, but he looked like a player that shouldn't have gone on, shouldn't have been on the field at that time. Inexperienced. Um, sort of lightweight. He has a great touch. I think he'll be great for us eventually, but we had Christensen, you know, we had even Marcus Alonso to a certain extent would have been better in that situation where we could have used him as a makeshift winger and maybe sort of gone with like this back five looking thing. There has to be another way. And, uh, and, you know, it's part of the growing pains, part of having a new manager, part of having a young squad, part of having six key players injured at this point in the season, which is never an easy thing to deal with. I mean, the only thing that's kind of given me some sort of uh, peace about this whole match and, and 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 everything that's gone on these first four weeks is that if we had a full if we had our squad at full strength, I don't think Billy Gilmore gets on the field against Sheffield even two one up with eight minutes left in the match. I think he goes for you know another center back or another right back, someone defensive minded in that situation and. Uh, we probably wouldn't have made as many midfield subs to begin with because we would have had Conte playing the full 90 anyways. So it's just a very, very confusing situation for me. Like I, I, I can't put into words how I felt during and after the match because that first half, I was writing my notes down, man, I'm so proud of these guys. Yeah, Sheffield, you know, Sheffield did that to themselves for their first two goals they conceded, but 
we still scored them. They all count the same. Fuck yeah, Chelsea, you know, second half comes in. What the fuck is going on? I was in my kitchen making eggs in, in between the first half and second half. And I'm looking down. I'm, I'm scrambling my eggs, doing my thing. I look up. Sheffield scores a goal. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Still a lot of game left. We're doing okay. Finish making my eggs, sit down about three or four minutes after they scored their their first goal. And I'm just looking at it like, good God, we completely lost the plot here. So, you know, mentality, manager, youth, naivety, uh, you name it. There's so many more issues than just our defense or just our tactics. And those are the things that we need to address. But we have to remind ourselves that it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen by Christmas time. It might not even happen this season. But we have to get some sort of identity and some sort of 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 momentum, I guess, and some sort of confidence uh, going into next season. And and a lot of that has to do with the growing pains that we're going to endure this season. So tons of look forward to you guys. I'm not going to be all doom and gloom from here on out, but you know, this is one of those games where I had to take a step back and remind myself, hey, <laughs> this season's a wash. Remember. And, uh, you know, once you come to terms with that, it's a lot easier to, to, you know, soak in, I guess. All right. So I think that does it for, uh, our Twitter questions. Uh, great job again from everyone, all of our rep ultras. Thank you so much for the questions and just keep it up. Um, let's get into our preview. We have a week off for a international break or is it a week or two, two weeks actually almost. Uh, I know it's going to be tough. It's going to be rough, but it's that time of year where an international break comes like every other fucking week. It seems. I know. <laughs> so we're always going to have these times where I don't know what to do for two weeks. Thankfully, football yeah. season is starting, so we'll the get worst that in part America. is FIFA 20 hasn't even dropped yet. So I it's know. Not like we could do that. I don't yeah. know why they do that. Uh, they, why do they... they wait? Why do they wait till the end of September? I know. Those are the dumbest thing. In every other game, in every other sports video game, they drop it before the season starts. So I don't know why FIFA can't get on that same uh, calendar. But EA needs to spread out the love. You know, you get Madden in one month, you get FIFA the next. I don't know. I don't play Madden. Uh, But uh, (laughs) (laughs) let's let's get into the Wolverhampton preview. It's going to be a couple of weeks away on the 14th, uh, playing at Molyneux Stadium. Wolverhampton, I think, yeah, winless so far. In four matches, they've had three draws and a loss. They've had a tough start to their season right now, sits 17th. Uh, we know Nuno will go ba- will go with the back three, most likely will try his patented smash-and-grab tactics that really destroyed us the last two years. Uh, but uh, let's, let, let's, let's hear a little bit about predictions, what you expect to see from our side, what you expect to see from the other side. Zach, I'll start off with you. What do you think? I mean, you said it. It's going to be a back three. They're going to play with width. They're going to make things incredibly compact. They're going to pack the. They're going to pack their own 18 in their defensive third. They're going to make it very, very difficult for our midfielders to operate. Um, you know, it, it's it's typical Wolverhampton. I mean, we saw last year how how uh, how that tactic worked, and historically, it's also worked in the Premier League. I think they're going to come good eventually. I think the three draws and a loss is just kind of a wash at this point. I think they're struggling with balancing like the European competitions because they, I mean, did they qualify for Champions League? Is it confirmed? Europa yet? League. Europa League. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they are going to have Europe to deal with. So 
I would take their league position with a grain of salt because there are extra matches and they didn't necessarily have the summer that they wanted to. I know they brought in Cutrone. Um, there's a couple other signings that they brought in that I can't really uh, remember off the top of the head, but you know, it, it's going to be typical Wolves. They're going to make it difficult. They're going to be physical. They're going to hit us hard. Uh, Raul Jimenez has a ball against us every single time he plays. And I'm kind of cringing at, you know, that Jota Jimenez counterattack that, that that we saw last season. I mean, I still have nightmares from it. I'm going to go 1-1 draw. I think it's going to be very difficult to beat these guys. But at the same time, I think uh, I don't think they have enough right now uh, to beat us. Um, you know, they're sitting in 17th. So it's the first time this season, or actually the second time this season, where we've played a team worse than us um, record-wise. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go 1-1. I think it'll be tough. Um, and to be completely honest, if you told me if you told me it was going to be one one now, take it or leave it, I would probably take it based on the way we're playing. Um, I think a point away at Molyneux is 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 a good result at this point. Andres, what do you think? I think that our coaching staff is going to take a lot of time to watch film, whether it's ours or Wolves's. I think that we should come out playing better. And if Cho is serious about coming back after the international break, then I'm saying that we'll win. Two to one. So mm. that's my thing. So I think that these two weeks are going to be kind of a time to look at ourselves in the mirror instead of trying the same exact thing, maybe a little bit of adjustments. Uh, I know that certain players like Conte were given permission to stay to get their full fitness rather than forcing them into a national side. So, you know, I, I'm expecting a stronger 11 going into uh, Wolves on the 14th. I mean, if, then, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. If Ruben Neves gets one shot outside the 18-yard box, it's going in. I, I, I just have a feeling. <laughs> I have a gut feeling that on the break, because we always talk about those little pockets of space that open up for like th those number 10s on opposition teams, right? Right in between our midfield and defensive lines. That's exactly where Ruben Neves likes to operate because Jao Moutinho is usually their deepest lying midfield player. That's just so worrisome because that's not a guy that's going to make the extra pass per se, but he's going to put the ball in front of him and smash it into the top corner like he did against United. I mean, they have players that can hurt us. Raul Jimenez, Jota, uh, Ruben Neves we just talked about. Jean Moutinho on set pieces we haven't even talked about. Matt Doherty, who had an incredible season last season, uh, is, it could, could possibly hurt us this year. It's concerning. I mean, it, it is, but... At the same time, I think we do have enough to beat them. I know I predicted a 1-1 draw, but I don't know. This game just kind of smacks of one of those boring, lethargic football matches that's just going to be incredibly difficult and like those tacticians dream, uh, a tactician's dream to watch, I guess. But yeah, it's – I don't know, guys. Well, let's the, put yourself – put you guys uh, in Frank Lampard's shoes. With the reported return of Cho this week or that week, uh, how do you guys manage his workload? I mean, with, with you the don't wingers. start him. Yeah, right. I mean, you, yeah. he, he doesn't. Off, he doesn't huh? get. He definitely doesn't get more than like 20, 15. 30 yeah. minutes max, and that's a max. Like, that's so if we're chasing I'm so excited for him to come back. I'm only right? gonna get a fifteen-minute burst of him. Let's. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm more curious to see how he is. I mean, like you look at an Achilles injury in every other sport: basketball, football. Um, I mean, tennis, you name it. Achilles injuries are usually like career enders, right? So, please, God, I hope he's okay. Like, yeah. like I, I hope he still but, has that little burst of athleticism, and, and and I hope he's not timid. You know, the thing about Achilles injuries, I think the older you are, 
the harder it is to come back from it. He's, what, 20 years old? Uh, not even. I not, think he's still 19. Right. So, obviously, I think it, it means I can't, obviously, I can't, like, be confident that he'll be fine. But from what, you know, the, from the younger people who tore their Achilles, and obviously he's he's not, you know, a big guy like in the NBA, someone who tears his Achilles, they if they weigh, you know, plus 250 pounds or seven feet tall, it's not going to be easy to come back from. But the type of, you know, body he's got and his youth, I think that it, I'm not too concerned about how he returns, to be honest. But obviously, I'm not going to expect too much his first couple outings just because he is coming back from a long hiatus. Uh, so obviously he's not going to be in top form immediately. And, you know, putting him, starting him immediately would probably not be the best idea. But, I mean, I think right now our winger problems are going to be solved. And uh, I think we have a, we're really stacked on, on the wings. And I don't, it's, it, I'm really interested to, interested to see what happens as far as William and Pedro's play time. I think Pulisic, uh, Pulisic as well. Well, I think Pulisic, I, he will get – his fair share of runs only because the youth the youth movement that we've seen the last you know as far as the season has been going I, mm -hmm. i'm not too concerned about him not getting as much play time i'm more concerned about william william and pedro how that's going to be uh, split between the two of them but i yeah. don't know i think both of them will handle it's fine <laughs> it's going to be weird seeing our number 10 not make the starting 11 probably for half the matches but you know it's 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 a good problem to have, I think. Hey, I, I want to go. I want to I want to backtrack a little bit. So like, we're talking about these Achilles injuries, and you know, like mm -hmm. you're not concerned about Cho, and it's a fair point, right? Like Cho's lightweight. He doesn't. He's not a. He's not a big guy. He doesn't put a lot of stress on his, on his Achilles as much as you know a six five, or a six four two hundred pound player would. A six four two hundred pound player like Ruben Loftus Cheek, who also tore his Achilles. Yeah. So. You know, that's that's another concern in itself. I just think it's something that should be noted. And, you know, we always talk about his return and when he comes back, it's everything's going to be roses and butterflies. I mean, if Cho comes back and, and gets put, you know, into the squad gradually within three or four weeks, you know, he's he's a regular in the first team again. I think it's going to be a lot different with Loftus-Cheek because of his size. You yeah. know, not necessarily his age because he's young, but his size. He puts a lot... He's a big dude, and you know he's he's probably a, a, a what a shooting guard or or a, yeah he's mm -hmm. probably a shooting guard in the NBA right mm -hmm. like six four, he's tall, broad shoulders, thick legs, you know, there's more stress on that part of his body so. For you know, sure, I'm more concerned about his injury than RLC's only the, for that reason. I mean, sorry, than Cho's only for that reason. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and I just you know. It's just a fair warning to everybody. Like it, it, it might not be this season yeah, where we see him back. With with Cho, you know, back, a lot to, of his, back to his old self. Yeah, a lot of his thing comes with you know, uh, changing you know, switching directions fast and stuff like that. That that's something I'm not too con I'm not as concerned about with an Achilles as a compared to a knee injury. You know, so I'm really not too worried about it. But with RLC, it's a I think it's a little bit of a different story because yeah, RLC plays and his RLC size. relies more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, and and RLC is going to be getting tackled a lot more too because he's playing in the middle of the pitch. Do we know? Is there a timetable for his return? Andres, do you know anything about that? You're usually all caught up with that stuff. I'd say November mm -hmm. is the more realistic one. And you heard it here just, first, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, like you guys said, because of the difference in the style and the size of the player, I'm okay with him taking longer. 
Yeah. Again, also situationally speaking, the fact that Mountain coaches are playing well helps. So I, I don't want to rush these guys by any means because there is a bigger picture than this season. So I won't even be mad if we don't see Cho play against Wolverhampton. I mean, like an injury like this needs the carefulest of attention, right? Or is carefulest even – it's not even a fucking word, but you guys understand what I mean. Like, Most careful? I think that's what you're we have to. We have to be more careful – and, and and exercise a maximum amount of caution with an injury like this. That's a way better way of saying that. But, you know, it's something like this could be a potential career ender. And I know that, like, you know, uh, medicine right now, and it's more specifically like sports therapy and sports medicine in general, is the best and greatest it's ever been. And we've seen players come back from in- amazing injuries. But let's take our time. You know, if, if Loftus-Cheek and Andres, you said, like, you know, he's probably targeting November – if he takes the whole season to get back to full fitness, take the whole fucking season. I don't care. You know, it's not going to, it's not a matter of us like not making the top four or, you know, like not making a champions league or a trophy run. You know, this season's a wash. Yeah. We've got Ross Barkley. Our midfield is fine. Good God. (laughs) Fucking Ross Barkley. But yeah, I mean, speaking of champions league, Sam, I mean, let's, Let's get Ooh. right into our group stage because that's a tasty I one. I almost forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me uh, so let me pull up the the group uh, stage draw for Champions League. So obviously, what was it Group H? We got uh, Group H. Yeah, lim- what is? Do you guys remember got, the top of your uh, head? It's, yeah, it's Valencia, Chelsea, Ajax, Valencia. And Praha, Leo, right? oh my gosh, Leo, 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 yeah, yeah, which would have been Leo. which would have been great if we had Eden Hazard, like Remy's Leo, should I say? Yeah, Timothy yeah. Weah's Leo, <laughs> Weah, let's go, the U.S. represent. Um, but yeah. I think I three mean, players it, in the group actually. It would have been great if uh, if Eden Hazard was still with us playing against his former squad, but. Yeah, would have been nice. onto bigger and better things. Uh, we might see him in the elimination rounds, so he we, might yeah, we, yeah, his we, former side. No, cool. we, we we might not we might not see him at all. I think Man United might see him in the Europa League if they keep playing the way they're playing. Oof. But that, that that's a whole other story. So, uh, overall but yeah, I mean, thoughts. Yeah, ha- go ahead. Yeah, overall yeah. thoughts. I mean, my my first reaction is, I really I I think we we got a very favorable draw. Uh, compared to some of the other groups out there, I mean, honestly, I think the e- the all the EPL leagues had really good draws, so uh, <laughs> we lucked out. I mean, the group of death is the Barca, Dortmund, Inter Milan, Prague for sure, and uh, mm-hmm. I mean, but I I, I I my expectation going into this now is that I wouldn't be surprised if we did it in advance, but I'm also wouldn't be surprised if we did advance. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, you look at all four teams that are in this group and all four could probably make it out if they really wanted to. I think Lille is probably the the weakest out of all of them. For sure. Valencia Valencia has tricky wingers. I, I know they have Geddes and, and Carlos Soler. Those are guys that are probably going to expose our back line if we keep playing the way we're playing. You look at a side like Ajax – who last year I probably would have been shaking in my boots, but they lost their their two best players three this season. Three best players, probably. Well, Vandy Beek's gone too, right? Yeah, so three well, three of their best. Where did players. he go? Um, he was I'll supposed to up. go to he was supposed to go to Real, but that kind of fell 
through. I think Real's closing out that Bruno Fernandez deal, which is just reeks of panic. God, I mean, maybe Mauricio Pochettino will be their manager sooner than later. Um, but no, I mean, just just looking at this group, at, at this draw, I mean, the one thing I am going to say is, yeah, any team could make it out. But we're right now, our our uh, our home matches and, and Stamford Bridge in general is not a fortress anymore. And you look at Valencia has La Mastaya and 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 Ajax has has the Cruyff Stadium. Those are incredible environments to play football in and difficult environments to play football in. I think it'll be great for our young players, but at the same time, you know, we we have to consider how difficult those matches are going to be moving on. Nah, for me, I, I take it a little different. For one, we talk about how Wolves is struggling to get results in the Premier League, but they're undefeated. They literally won every match leading up to qualifying for the Europa League. I think that our style will be kind of the surprise to the group because it's just the Premier League is just a different beast. Mm-hmm. And I think our style will translate well to the Champions League. I think that in in a less polished way, you know, in our best day, we could look like that IX side of last season. Ooh, and, I was going to say the same thing. And so, <laughs> Let's go. Can, we, can, can we do it? Can <laughs> so we do for it? Me, hey, the last time Valencia was in our group, the last two times we made the Champions League final. Just saying. Yeah. No, but but for me, I mean, it's going to be a tough group. I mean, as, as favorable as the draw was, it's pretty balanced. Uh, yeah, the away games at Ajax, that game specifically is going to be tough. But I think Chelsea should look to win this group. And, and I expect them to win the group. It's not going to be an undefeated group by any means. But, yeah, I expect us to get first out of the group just because you mentioned it. You know, Ajax lost De Jong and, and De Ligt. I still think that they'll get second. Valencia's hit or miss. And then Lille, they lost Pepe. They did bring Timothy Weah. They're not off to the greatest start in the French league either. So for me, it's, 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 it's our group to lose mm-hmm. in a weird way. Like I, I, we're not going to be runaway leaders, but we should win this group. And also remember It'll... last year in Europa league, uh, I think Valencia played against Arsenal in the semis right before they, uh, Arsenal played us and they Arsenal handled them. So, I mean, playing against the uh, premier league side, that's what we saw. And they, what was it the first leg? They, they lost 3-1, and then the second leg, they lost 4-2. 7-3 aggregate, which is handed handed win. And then we went on to famously destroy Arsenal. So I think that's that's a really good sign for us. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at their at their record right now in La Liga. I mean, they're 1-1-1. One, one, one. They lost to Celta Vigo, who's, you know, average, I guess. They beat Mallorca, who's, you know, Mallorca, I mean, right? But they drew 1-1 with Real Sociedad. So you kind of really don't – it's such a small sample size. But you don't really know what to expect from them. They scored three goals in their three games. Um, but, again, like I said it earlier, they have the players that could potentially hurt us, and that's why I think they'll pose a bigger threat to us than a team like Ajax might, especially uh, at, at La Mastaya. You know, that's an incredible stadium, incredible atmosphere to play in. Um, maybe this is a game where Michi Batshuayi can uh, get some revenge for, you know, <laughs> cutting his loan, loan spell short there last season. But, you know, just, just just looking at their squad, I hate to say it, but this could pose a very, very difficult match for us. And they do have a player that, uh, that, I, that you know, I was very interested in last season when we were missing out on our strikers and West Ham was actually targeting him, failed miserably, Maxi Gomez. You know, Uruguayan, 
big target man, uh, great at playing with his back to goal, but he also scores goals. So, you know, that could pose a difficulty for our defense. Hopefully we get Rudiger back by the time we play them. Um, you know, it'll be interesting, guys. This is this is why this season is so much fun, right? Because we go to the Premier League season, we have no expectations, but the same exact thing with the Champions League, right? Like if we make if we make it out of group, I think that's considered a, considered a success. But the fact that we also drew teams that are in this transitional phase as well, like Leo and Valencia and Ajax, they're all still trying to find out their identities after after missing out on you know their transfer targets or losing important players. So it, it, it's going to be fun. It's gonna be fun. I yeah, like our I'm group excited. a lot. Every game will be yeah. good. Like, I, I we were, I think every single match of this group stage, there will not be a heavy favorite. You know, like it could go either yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Match. But I mean, do, do any of you guys have anything else to add before we uh before we kind of cut this thing off? Andres. <laughs> no, I'm good to go, man. Cool. So in case you guys didn't notice, I totally forgot to mention this at the end of part one, but we did start an Instagram page. Finally, yeah. it's not perfect. It's a work in progress. I'm doing my best, guys. I'm, I'm doing what I can. I'm a busy, busy man. Mm-hmm. But uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Just search Roman's Empire Pod. Make sure you look for our uh, ancient Rome, Roman Abramovich little logo. Uh, you know, that's that's also on our Twitter profile and the cover of our podcast. So make sure you look for that. Add us on Instagram. Let us know what you guys think. And also you could reach out to us if you have Twitter questions or anything like – or questions for the podcast, anything like that. doesn't only have to be on Twitter anymore. It could be on Instagram. Just slide us uh, slide Ooh, into our DMs or you can comment on any of our photos uh, or, or anything else like that. But uh, yeah, make sure you add us because um, I always like to stalk our listeners and see like who, who our listeners are and what they like to do. Yeah. Also, um, if, if you know, share your, share our posts with our, with your friends, you know, you see something that you like that we post, obviously we got great content, share it with your friends and maybe they'll give us a follow too. Don't, yeah. don't force us onto them. Just suggest yeah. it. You know, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, it is the best <laughs> way to do it. We don't like being douches, but anyways, you could also follow us on Twitter at Romans empire pod, or you can email us Romans empire pod at gmail.com. Um, but that, yeah, guys, I mean, that solid episode this week, we do got the international break, so we will see you guys after and until then keep the blue flag flying high.